welcome to Not Somali Mormon Podcast. Oh, hey. Welcome back, listeners. It's been a hot second since Katie and I have been reunited. I know. And we're back. We are back. Sorry, listeners. Um, I had a visitor for two weeks slash my mom. Yeah, yay. Hey, who I will never allow to listen to this podcast. So <laughs> Don't send Sarah's mom the link. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Although I'm not going to lie. It did slip up a few times where I was like, going to say something about my podcast and I was like oh no 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 I can't do that or even my book that I'm writing like I was like trying to tell her that I want to um possibly quit my job and then I was like and then I'll focus on my pa and then I'll focus on my food <laughs> I was like I'll focus on being a better person yes <laughs> That's yes what I'll- no I find myself doing that too with people especially with family members and friends that are Mormon that I haven't talked about the podcast with they'll ask what I'm up to or what I've been doing and I'm like I and I always I always start to say it and then I catch myself because I'm like oh not ready for that I know it's so frustrating I just want to be able to tell it to everyone but yeah I'm still a little (laughs) still a little nervous about it (laughs) I am too, which is sad because we should really embrace it. But it's, I mean, listeners, I'm sure you can relate to, like, especially if you grew up in the Mormon church or if you grew up in a conservative area, like, it's hard. Like, it's just some conversations you just don't want to, like, get into with your family and friends. Like, yeah. it's just not worth it, you yeah. know? Like, as much as you want to educate them, it's just not worth it. <laughs> there's there's no good result that comes from it, you know? Exactly, exactly. Although, I do have exciting news that's, okay, it's not really exciting, but for me, it was, like, pretty huge. My mom ordered coffee on her last day of <gasps> Oh, my oh, gosh, are you corrupting her? I am definitely corrupting her because we didn't go to church for two whole weeks. Like, I didn't let, obviously, <laughs> I didn't go to church with her while she was here, and she didn't go to church. And we watched some rated R movies. <gasps> that happened. And she was around my lovely friend Jay and my boy, and we were like cussing a little bit. So, yeah, I think I corrupted my mom. Yeah, sounds like it. Wow. My poor little southern mom. <laughs> and then on the last day, yeah, so we went to brunch. And on the last day, she was like, Oh, I want to order the dirty chai. What? Mom, you know that's a chai latte and it has an espresso shot. Okay. (gasps) What, what, what? Uh, And she drank every last drop of that dirty chai. Mm -hmm. And said she really liked it. And I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) Sounds like you were successful at corrupting her. Good work. I know. Not so Molly Mom I love a good dad joke. Sorry, listeners. Um, also, heads like uh, I can't speak, but thank you guys for all of your messages from the last few weeks. I have not been very active, as I said, my mom's been here, but Katie has been sharing them with me, and I've been reading them, and it warms my old heart. They so- are fantastic. Yep. And I feel like we're just friends with all of y'all. That like it's our own little community, Agreed. but not a cult. 
not a cult, but a community. <laughs> Maybe we could create our own cult. No, no, I don't know. Don't like no. that idea. No. I feel like they always dress bad, and I just don't want to. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're not getting back into the, the wearing of the garments, which if you guys missed it on Instagram... <laughs> Sarah posted a picture she found of herself in her garments, and it was amazing. It was on our stories, so it's gone now, but she might have it resurfaced later. Always reshare that photo. Don't you worry. I found that on my phone, and I could not stop giggling because A, it's the garments with my bra on over them, but B, who was I sending that sexy Mormon picture That's to? What I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, I want to know. I was like, what is she taking the picture for? Hmm, curious. But I'm very right? glad she and has it. Like, trying to think back, like in 2014, who would I have sent that to? Like, why did I take a photo of me looking like that? <laughs> like, and I did not even filter my face. Don't. Didn't Sarah know back in 2014 you always crop your face out of a good old tit pic slash Mormon <laughs> garment pic? Duh. Oh, gosh. I love it. <laughs> I also, I shared that. So I got, you guys, the people who sent us messages were cracking me up. A few of them were my friends who sent me, like, personal messages like, girl, that photo. <laughs> <laughs> but then also I shared it with... My boy, my the guy I'm dating, and he was just like, oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you don't wear those anymore. And I was like, what are you talking about? You wouldn't want to hit it and quit it if I was wearing those? <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. Rip those right off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Bless garments. They're just, there's something else, you know? <laughs> And speaking of that, listeners, while having my mom here, they were, like, in my face all the time because in... Europe, not many people have dryers, so you dry your clothes on a drying rack in your living room or bedroom, and obviously my mom wears garments, so I had to see those pretty things all the time, and it was, like, traumatizing. I was was going to say, did you get flashbacks? I did, and I was like, ugh, I can't believe I used to wear those, and that I also had to do, like, a separate load for those, because there's so much, like, so many. So much, so many. I can't speak English. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's a struggle. Fun times. Yeah. Well, for today's topic, Sarah, do you want to introduce? <gasps> Drum roll. I would do one, but I don't know how to do it. It's on dating Mormon boys. Oh, hooray. That's like the fakest hooray. We're both just like... Yuck! <laughs> Yay! I loved Mormon boys. No. no um, no. I guess like also so we'll be sharing different stories, but mine have a lot to do with BYU dating culture because obviously that's where the time I primarily dated was at BYU, and then when I came out to Berlin, dating Mormon boys too. But we have quite the story, like the amount of. Can't speak. Okay, you can just take over. I just can't. I don't. I don't know what to do. Yeah, we do, we have a lot of content in this area, so we're probably going to divide it into two episodes, is what we're thinking, and we'll focus this week mainly on Sarah's experiences. She can kind of <laughs> tell different stories or <laughs> share interesting 
things that happened to her. Yeah. <laughs> Dating Mormon dudes. And then maybe in a future episode I can say some more of mine. Because we just figured instead of trying to cram it all into an episode, it probably needs to span two. <laughs> I think it could even be three because I'm sure listeners like you have the stories too. Because I right. mean, let me tell you, right? Yes, you every woman who grew up Mormon and has left the church or who is still in the church has these stories, oh. like guaranteed. Yeah, we'll probably. Uh, I hope we get a lot of responses from this episode. I know. I'm trying to think of like my most juicy ones because, of course, you know, I, I didn't prepare for this as usual. So <laughs> I'm thinking of. I uh, have something I want to ask you about to maybe start. Um, oh, do tell. I remember you told me, and I think you, you talked about it on an earlier podcast episode. You said that you were kind of into this missionary, and you mm-hmm. were, weren't you in high school? Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. like, I know that, that that wasn't really dating, but um, I think that that's kind of an interesting one. What are you one. talking about, Katie? I was in a relationship. <laughs> you guys listened to, what was it? In your, in her, your car? Eyes. Bride right. eyes. That's right. Girl, you pay attention to me like nobody else. I appreciate you. Um, yeah. Okay. We can start with that because he's actually a big one, like a big uh yeah. Um, well, that's an interesting point, too, because in Georgia or most areas that there aren't a lot of Mormons, like, you focus on missionaries. So, like, it's just an accepted thing. So, listeners, like, if you didn't grow up in the Mormon church, missionaries are, like, off off guard? No, off hands? <laughs> off limits. Off limits. <laughs> <laughs> off guard. Off hands. Off yeah, hands. if you're, if, like, you're a male missionary, you can't even hug someone of, you can't hug a woman. You can't even be in the same room alone. Yeah, you, and you can't get a ride from a woman or anything like that. Yeah, so it's like a big no-no. But where I grew up, it was kind of just understood that, like, missionaries would go off their mission, like, get home from their mission, and then end up marrying a girl from their mission. So quite a few women I grew up with ended up marrying mission missionaries who served in our ward. Oh, okay. That makes so sense. So that was just, like... And because there aren't any options, like you, like most of the women in my, like, especially the older women, they married non-members um, because there just aren't any options in South Georgia. And so it was like, oh, fresh pickings with the young missionaries. Like, oh, yeah. Snag those missionaries. Flirt with the missionaries while they're here yeah. and then make them come back and marry you. Uh-huh. So I had this one in particular. Elder Lake was his name. And... He was, like, the one that kind of, I wouldn't say pursued me, but, like, I didn't even know who he was. Like, I never gave him any attention at all. And then I went to California for the summer to visit family, and I came back, and he was like, oh, you've been gone for a while. Are you, like, inactive? And I was like, what? Who are you? When did you get here? Do I know you? <laughs> type thing. Because I was a mega bitch in high school. I mean, I'm already one now, but, like, <laughs> times ten in high school. So I was super mean to him, and then eventually he's like, oh, yeah, I just know she had me on, blah, blah, blah. We started chatting, and I was like, oh, he's cool. And then we started, like, hanging out in rooms by ourselves. Like, in the young women's room, we would go and, like, so be at alone. He was an active missionary, and he was alone with you in a room? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. blows my mind. That is – so, listeners, if you're not Mormon or have never been Mormon, that is 100% big time against the rules. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh my God. And also I forgot. Okay. So this is how thirsty I was at 16 and wanted me a piece of missionary ass. But like, (laughs) I, (laughs) solicitors and young women, you have this like program that you have to like achieve certain things for each value and then you get like your young women's medallion is that what it's called uh-huh. or some shit like that. yeah through like the personal progress yeah. yeah and so one of them was like you have to come up with your own project and I came up with this <laughs> I'm such a skank even at 16 <laughs> I was like I'm gonna come up with a missionary book where I like get to know each of the missionaries and like write their parents and like support them <laughs> So that means I have, like, this little template where I get to ask them questions and take a photo with them and then put them in my book. Wow. That's hilarious. I love that. And I'm sure they loved it. You know what I just thought of, too? Like, you're 16, and they're, like, 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a little little creepy. Exactly. And that was not even, like, seen as a problem at the time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, so yes, this dude, we hung out, and he, yeah, we, I would go to his apartment complex quite often, and his companion was super chill, like, not an uptight um, missionary, so he didn't report us, which is the thing, like, you get reported. Yeah. And he and I listened to Bright Eyes in my car, because he had all his CDs from back home. He had, like, Bright Eyes, he had, like, Death Cab for Cutie, he had... That also uh, isn't allowed on the mission, right? No, yeah, no outside music is allowed. Only um, like tabern, like Mormon tabernacle or like EFY music right. can be listened to on a mission. And so he brought all these CDs, and then I would burn them and then give it back to him, and we listen in my Jeep in their parking lot. Like that <laughs> happened all the time. Oh my and, goodness! Wow. Yeah, and he was like the first guy. I was like, oh my god, I'm like so into this dude. And then he got an emergency transfer because the bishop's wife drove by saw them in my in my jeep and she called it in and the next day he was transferred and i called because i would always call the apartment to like talk and his companion picked up and was like oh yeah elder lake got transferred like an emergency transfer and i was like what and he's like yeah apparently like the bishop saw you two like hanging out in the car so were were you sad I was so bummed out, and then we started writing, because listeners, you can only do emails, but it's supposed to be just with, like, family and friends from back home, and it can't be in your same district, like your mission, what is it called, mission boundaries, no mission? Like your area? Mission area, yeah, so you can't write any anyone from your mission area, and technically, obviously, he only got transferred to, like, another city, but, like, he was still in my mission, his, like, I was in his mission area, so we would write emails, and then he, like, turned, like, super Peter Priesthood and was like, I can no longer write you because I'm trying to be obedient to God, and um, I'm not supposed to be writing you. So I'm like, all right, cool. I found that that is a common theme. Like, not, not that in particular situation, but, like, the whole thing of where a guy, a Mormon guy, will pursue a girl or something will happen with you know, a girl, and then he ends up blaming the girl and saying, I can't talk to you or I can't see you because I need to be righteous, insinuating that the woman is making him unrighteous and that the blame's on the woman. That happens often. Such a good point. And I would say because, listen, I didn't write just one Mormon missionary. I I tell you, I wrote about... five or six probably like serious ones and this is why we're about to get into this this is why I have issues with men using me because all of these situations ended the same 
every fucking last one of them Ugh. um where they would have me so this guy eventually he he's like yeah he blamed the whole i have to be like righteous and focused and blah 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 and then of course he like changed his tune and ended up writing me again and then i went out to byu for so i went out to utah to byu he lived he was from salt lake city so he's like oh i'll come visit you we went on like one day i think and then he just like <laughs> this is so fucked up he basically was a musician so he had me like go to all of his gigs and support him and like post the stuff about him on like social media and like get friends to go like the velour you remember the velour in yeah Kobo? yeah that's where yeah. like um neon trees started out and, yeah, and imagine exactly. dragons yeah Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I saw Imagine Dragons for like five bucks back in the day. Oh, the yeah. Yeah, I think I did, yeah. too. Yeah, it was crazy. So he would like perform there. And so I was like, oh, my God, he like relaxed me. Like he's invited me to all these shows and all these gigs. And then he had this song that he wrote. Right. And and this is at a show that was in his parent, like his, his house. So like he invited me and he gave a shout out to me in the beginning. And like everyone was like, oh, my God. Hey. And I was like, oh, my God, like it's because he's in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is and then he starts singing this song and it's about this girl name i think Coraline or something like that like cora something i think it was Coraline, and it was about this small town southern girl grew up in georgia but and i was like telling everyone that this song was about me i was like oh my god he wrote a song about me he's like in love with me um and then the next week he picked me up from the airport and drove me back and was like hey can i use your like uh byu directory I was like, well, that's a weird question to ask. Yeah, of course, for what reason? He's like, yeah, I started writing this girl at the end of my mission in Coraline, and uh, she's from this small part of Georgia, and I can't find her number. Like, she moved out here for BYU, and I was wondering if I could use your directory to look up her number. What a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, Sarah. Ew. Yeah. That is disgusting. So gross. And then I, I still, but here's the dumb part is that I was like, oh yeah, that's fine. I let him use my fucking directory to look up her number. Ugh. And then I continued to support his ass at all these shows. I showed up to all of these like things. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I don't want to be friends with you or like have you in my life anymore. Like blah, blah, blah. And he like went crazy. He like sent me, like he called me over and over again and left me all these voicemails. In fact, Katie, I think I went to the pool with you the next day after this happens because I remember explicitly like talking to you about this dude at the pool, like laying okay. out in the yeah, first yeah, yeah. apartment complex. Yeah. Yeah. Totally him. And he was like calling me, being like, oh, I just want to like, you, you. Basically, he called me. And I remember I was with our other mutual friend in the car. She was like, you need to be done with him. I'm going to like make, like listen in on this conversation. Uh-huh. It went from him like being such an asshole and doing all these horrible things to me to by the time I was on the phone with him, which is what he would always do. And it was a pattern with every Mormon guy I dated after that. They would somehow manipulate me into thinking it was my fault. Oh, oh, yeah. I have experience with that, too. So, yeah, I 100% believe that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they could cheat on you, do whatever. And by the end of the phone call, you're fucking apologizing. Oh, yeah. I was apologizing for him being an asshole and being like, yeah, you're right, blah, blah, blah. And then it shook me. Like, after I got the phone, I remember it so explicitly. I was just like, did that just happen? How am I the one apologizing right now and letting him back into my life? So manipulative. Oh, my goodness. Yep. And then I basically cut that out. And when I moved back to Georgia, I got a new phone number. And I still, to this day, don't know how he found my phone number. 
because it was like a Georgia number, and he called me right before he got married. What? And he was like, I just wanted to call you because I just want to make sure this is right. Like, getting my permission <gasps> to get married. Okay, this is so, it's horrifying, but this is also so textbook Mormon to me. Like, exactly. Every, everything you're saying is ringing so true to me, and I can imagine every, like, Mormon guy I ever dated doing that same thing. Yep. Ugh, and yep. they have, like, this self-righteous air about it, too. It's so, ugh. <laughs> yeah exactly and he and I remember my god I was so proud of myself with this line because I was like completely over him at this point and he when he called it because I was like first of all I don't even know how you have my number like I only answered it because I recognized the the 801 number like for Utah and I thought it was like a friend or whatever and then when he said that like oh I just don't know like I just what do you think should I get married like and the reason he was asking me too is that this girl wasn't a member his poor wife. I know. He's like, she's like not a member and like, I don't know, like, should I do this? And I was like, yeah, I think you should just make sure to send me an invite on your way. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what? I was like, yeah, just make sure I'll give you my new address in Georgia and send me an invite. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what? And then after that, I blocked him and I've never heard from him again. Um, I did see him on Facebook, like maybe a year after that. And clearly he had left the church. Like there were a lot of pictures of him drinking and partying and stuff like that. So he left the church and it would be interesting to just be like, what, to see what he's up to. But I have no idea. Like, like no remember, idea how to look him up. Like, remember how you were a gross Mormon and you might still be a gross dude, but <laughs> Mormonism brings out some of the very weird parts of the grossness. But that's a good, okay, so speaking, so listeners, back up track on that, like, so when I say I've done this, like, five or six times with Mormon missionaries, it's so true, and that's, I was just having this conversation with someone today that, like, I realized, other than the man I'm dating now, like, the ones before that have all been, like, everyone is the same, and it was triggered because my mom said it this weekend, because she, she met I'll say my special friend because I like calling him that to make him uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and she was like, well, I just want to, he seems lovely. He's really great. Um, but just make sure he doesn't use you like all the other ones. Oh. And, I, like, and I kind of forgotten about that and like buried it because I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. That's what triggers a lot of my shit, like my issues. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, she's right. Like, there hasn't been one that didn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, mostly, actually, all of them have been Mormon, maybe, like, two that haven't. But so these missionaries, they will get you to write them, which, again, I did this, like, six times probably. And they make it seem like you're going to get married when they get home and that, like, all this shit's going to happen. Oh, yeah, they throw on that weird, like, marriage quote-unquote romance like hard yeah so you're like already like shit I was like planning I don't know how many weddings after this I was like oh yeah they're gonna get home I'm gonna get married and then they get home and you never hear from them yeah never or you do or maybe you see them once and then that's it like because all they they needed someone to write them they needed someone to make them feel good while they're on this like two-year mission and that's what I was like validation boost their esteem Mm mm-hmm yeah yep Ew. Ew. Mm. And the worst one of them all, sorry, I'm getting passionate about this. I'm just clutching my pearls right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
there was this one and he's like, I literally not to be dramatic, but I did have to go to therapy for this one for about a year just because so much shit happened with it. But he, um, so when I moved back to Georgia, um, again, very limited options. And I was pretty Molly Mormon at that time. Cause I had spent two years at BYU came back to Georgia was like, I'm so like righteous and I'm <laughs> only going to date Mormons and blah, blah, blah. So, I was in this ward back home, and this new family moved into the ward from, they were a military family, so they were kind of from everywhere, and I was in Young Women, so listeners, that's like a program, was self-explanatory, for young women, like between 12 and 18, and I was one of the counselors, like I was a leader in this what would I say, class organization, is that what it's called? Yeah, because you were probably, what, in, like, your early 20s at this point? Yeah, Yeah. I was 22, and these girls are, like, you know, 12 to 18, so I'm not much older than them, I have no expertise, which is a whole other issue we can talk about later, like, I should not have been guiding these girls down the right path, okay? (laughs) But I was. But that's Um, what they do, yeah, they just have, like, members of the ward do it. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them was this this girl that her family had moved from the military, and she was like, oh, she she instantly, like, kind of got close to me and was like, oh, I really want you to date my brother. He's on a mission, but I really, really want you to date him. And I was like, oh, I've been down this road before. I've done this a few times. It ain't my first rodeo. I'm not interested. And then they just kept pushing it and pushing it. And his dad ended up being in the, I think he was the first counselor. And so he would use these interviews with me to persuade me to write his son. Oh, that is, oh. oh. Uh-huh. So eventually. I have no words. I'm, I have no I words. I know, I know. And I was just like, I really don't want to. Like, I, I've never even met your son. Like, why would I write him? Like, that's just weird. So I ended up, like his mom, the last straw was his mom went to a young women's activity, brought photos of him to show me and was like, please just write him. Like, you know, it would be great for him to have like someone to, to know when he gets off his mission. Like we were moving here. He's never like, we moved here while he was on his mission. He won't know anyone. Y'all are the same age, like blah, blah, blah. So finally I was like, fuck it. Okay, fine. Like I'll write him. Ended up writing him for six months. And these were like, fucking the notebook letters I mean like six page letters we wrote each other once every week or two right Uh uh-huh and we he was like making all these plans and I was like so in love with this guy like he was like into the same music as me like was an English major we would quote I mean this is how dorky I am listeners but I would be like oh my god we're talking about Fitzgerald do tell me more (laughs) do tell me more um so anyway so he comes off he gets off his mission I remember I was living with my three non-Mormon friends at an an apartment they spent about three hours getting me all dolled up to pick him up from the airport we go pick him up I, he contacts me within like three days later on Facebook. We go on a date. It's the, our first date, mind you, was an eight-hour-long date with his family at the church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was so intense. Like, literally, his parents are in the front seat of the car, and I'm in the back with him and his sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and his dad being like, Matthew, did you open the door for her? And I was like, oh, my God, this is so uncomfortable. Like, you basically just, like, chopped off his balls and put them in his hand by asking (laughs) him that. Like, 
this is so uncomfortable. Anyway, so that was like our first date. Fast forward, we're like chugging along. I think things are great. And then he tells me, oh, I mean, we're dating, but like, I just, I'm not ready to be your boyfriend yet because like, I just got off my mission and I just, and listeners, that's a common thing when they get off their mission, either they're like gun ho, like want to date immediately or they use this excuse. I just got off my mission. I need to readjust. Yeah, I need it's, to a, like, it's a cop out for whatever they want. They'll either say like, I really, I need to get married right now or I need to figure myself out right now. So they'll, uh-huh. use, it, they'll use it to however they, you know, whatever suits them best at the moment. Exactly. And so for him, it was because he didn't want to commit to me, but he also didn't want me dating other people. So because I also had another guy at the time. Ooh, this is like some fucking soap opera shit right now. (laughs) I had this other Mormon guy who was pursuing me and he used this other card that I'm about to share. That's totally Mormon. He, so he and I were good friends. But I just never had those feelings for him. And then one day, one day he called me and like asked me out on a date. And I said, you know what? I think you're great. And I really like being friends with you, but I don't, I don't see you that way. And he was really upset. And then he called me back and said, well, I just feel inspired to tell you this because I've prayed about it. And, you know, I, I got the impression that I'm supposed to date you and maybe it's like one or two things that like I'm that you and I are supposed to be together or that this is a lesson that the Lord is trying to teach me on humility by you rejecting me. And my smart ass said, I'm going to say it's option number B. That's what it's, it's option B. It's that one. So back to the other guy. So he knew that there was this other pursuit. Pursuiter? No. <laughs> what is it called? Suitor, yes. Pursuiter. Oh, I want a t-shirt that says I have all the pursuiters. <laughs> that would be Make amazing. Make us a t-shirt, listener. <laughs> um, anyway, so he, like, basically he just didn't want to commit. So fast forward. So he was, like, constantly always saying, like, and he would say shit all the time, like, you know, my mom and dad were best friends for a year before they got married, and they're the happiest couple. And so I just want, you know, I... I really like being, like, best friends with you and, like, but dating you, but also just not being exclusive because I'm just not ready. So I was like, okay. So then I would, like, say, okay, well, I'm going to go on a date with this other guy or this other guy. And he'd go, what? What? No. Like, why are you going on a date with them? Blah, blah, blah. And fast forward, he decides to go to BYU-Idaho. Idaho. And uh, also, he was a horrible human being. He basically would question my intellect all the time. And when I decided to go back to BYU because I had left for two years. I couldn't just transfer back. I had to reapply. And it was like, you had to have like a a 3.8 GPA or something like that. And like these really great test scores. And he was like, Oh, you know, it's really difficult to get back into BYU. I don't think you'll be able to get back in. Ew. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And I was like, also no offense to anyone who goes to BYU, Idaho, because I'm not a snob. But I find it, like, hilarious that he was saying that to me when he couldn't even get into BYU Provo. Right. <laughs> like, and then okay. you, And then you got back in. I did, yeah. yeah. And that was the thing, is I got back in, and I went back out to Utah, and our plan was that we were going to date there. So I was supposed to go, or sorry, he was going to drive down from Idaho to Provo for my birthday weekend, and he called me the day he was supposed to come and said, Oh, you know, um, 
I'm not going to be able to make it because I don't have enough gas money. And also, listeners, he forgot my fucking birthday, and his mom has the same birthday as me. Oh. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, he forgot my birthday, and then he called me to say, oh, yeah, I don't have enough gas money, so I'm not going to be able to, like, drive down. And, oh, by the way, I met someone, and I'm dating her. What? Yeah. On your mm-hmm. birthday? On my birthday. And then he told me. So I was, like, crushed. I was devastated. And then this is the same guy, too, who when I went to explain things to him, like, I sent him a Facebook message because I was just, like, so upset. I didn't want to talk on the phone. And I explained to him how hard, how hurt I was and, like, how that was just, like, not okay behavior. And his response was that I was being overreactive. Uh, no. over Overly dramatic. And I was overreacting and basically that my feelings weren't valid and that if I continue to act this way, he would not respond to me. <sighs> mm-hmm. And yeah, so it keeps getting better and better. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he he's a real standout. He, he's great. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's amazing. So then he proceeded to tell me about two weeks later that – I, he didn't want to date me because I was not what was described in his patriarchal blessing. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I'm literally, if you could see me, I'm like pulling out my hair right now. I'm so (laughs) frustrated by this guy. (laughs) Which, so listeners, we've talked about this before, but patriarchal blessing is basically what you get in your youth, like between 12 and 18. I mean, you can get it at any time, but usually you get it between 12 and 18 and it's where they like it's like it basically is like a little um what is it called when the some like a tarot reading no tarot tarot, tarot. yeah <laughs> English is hard <laughs> I'm so yeah so they like tell your future like if you live a righteous life then you all these blessings will come to you and it does usually talk about like oh if you're righteous you'll end up marrying in the temple for all time and eternity. But, but unlo- I just want to clarify. Tar- unlike tarot, it can never be given to you by a woman. It has to be, this blessing has to be given to you by a man. Just exactly. <laughs> and usually like a fucking 85 year old. Oh yeah, they're always very like, old. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't ever talk about like physically how you look or like in detail how like who you'll marry other than the fact that they say like they're righteous or not yeah or they'll so say like this, yeah you'll get married in the temple to a returned missionary or some shit like that yeah yeah or to a righteous young woman so basically what this asshole was saying was that i wasn't righteous enough for him Ugh. like i wasn't like because if he was like yeah what my patriarchal blessing says is not you <laughs> i mean they don't say she's not going to be blonde, blue-eyed, curvy bitch. Like, it doesn't say anything like that. <laughs> no. It's more like righteous and, like, personality shit. Yeah. So I was like, great. So now I'm already devastated about this, and you're going to throw in that, too. Cool. Like, oh, makes me feel so real nasty. Good. And then this is the cherry on top of everything and why I went to therapy for this motherfucker. So I still was, like, convinced that, like, he would change his mind because I was that girl, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm supposed to be with him. Like, God has told me that, like, I am moving to Utah to be with him. Like, it's going to work out, whatever. So his family was still in Georgia, and he had siblings, and his parents asked me to babysit for them. And let me just also point out the fact that his siblings were, like, 12 and 14. Those (laughs) children did not need to be babysat. Like, yeah whatever 
So his parents were like, oh, can you um, stay, like, overnight and watch them and, like, take them to school and seminary? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So I do it, and then there, his mom was like, you can sleep in Matt's room. Oh, I just said his name. And um, I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. I'm going to sleep on the couch because I was so disgusted by him at that point, but yeah. also still trying to get in with the family because hashtag problems issues. <laughs> um, so I was like, I'm not going to sleep in his bed, but I am going to do all these favors for his parents so that they love me secretly and convince him to marry me. Okay, cool. Um, healthy, healthy, yes. <laughs> But eventually, I was like, the couch was uncomfortable, so I moved to the bed, and on display on this bed, it's like a perfectly made bed, and then there just casually was a letter that was already open and displayed on the bed. So I pick it up, and I see that it's a letter from Matt that he wrote on his mission to his sister, and in it, I see my name, so of course I'm going to read it. Yeah. And he says... Well, Katie, I agree. I think Sarah's really cool, but I also tend to agree with mom and that, like, she's just a good learning experience like, <gasps> to, for me to, to practice and, like, go from the little pond to the big pond, a.k.a. BYU-Idaho. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. My yeah. heart. So, yeah, it was just for him to use. I was just an experience, and his mother... The woman who convinced me to write him to get involved in this whole fucking situation had a plan the whole time that I was just to be used. Oh, my gosh. These are are Mormons who say they believe in doing (laughs) things with love, right? Oh, and this is the best part of the whole story that just makes me, like, so happy. Not really. I had applied to go to a year abroad to study in London, and I had been accepted, had a scholarship, everything, and it was to start in January, and that's when he came off his mission, and I didn't go because I wanted to, I felt like God had told me to stay and date him, and so I stayed. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, so that's just, like, two examples I've given y'all of, like, I can't even count how many of these stories. Like, it's yeah. It disgusts me how it seems like there's this common theme, and I think you can agree that a lot of times with Mormon dudes, and, like, I'm, again, listeners, if you're a Mormon man or were a Mormon man, I'm not saying you're this way, but a lot of, a lot of yeah. you are. Um they really do feel like, and they act like women can just be used. And since, yeah. and since a lot of the times until they're married, they're not having sex, they somehow think that their actions are okay. They think, well, I'm not using her because we're not having sex. But they are emotionally and like in all kinds of other ways using women to get what they want and manipulating them. And very much hurting them. Yeah, of course. And and also to even add to that, I would say they have this attitude of like, well, you know, like he said, we're not like hitting it and quitting it. So we can do whatever we want. But at the same time, like they also have this mentality, especially at BYU, there are so many women compared to like in ratio to men. So if a woman, like, basically when you're dating a Mormon guy there, he's dating about 10 other girls, 
And if you're not perfect physically and, and righteous and everything else, your ass gets to the curb when that next bitch brings up some pumpkin chocolate chip cookies, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. You know what? That reminded me of something, too. Like, the dating culture, it seems like, you know, how it's encouraged, even in church and everything, it's encouraged to date many different people, like, to not get mm-hmm. super serious. And so I, I do think that men – in particular, like in college and in high school and things, they use that as an excuse. So like the the uh, girl that he's supposedly dating can't get jealous if he asks out another girl because he's been told that you're not supposed to get too serious until literally you're engaged. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, yeah, can play around and date as many women as he wants. It's true. And you know what? It's I'm going to step outside the Mormon um, circle for arena for just a hot second. But that's also just an American thing in general, too, because like our culture is very much like dating like multiple people at once. And I didn't know that that was an American thing until I moved to Europe. And people were like, that's so actually the term dating is American. And I didn't know that. Like they don't call it that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And it, and it's not a thing like they don't date like date <laughs> they don't date multiple people. I mean, again, I'm generalizing. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule, but since being here for six years and like basically talking to most people in the EU, I'm not talking about the rest of the world, but just like my experience in the EU is that they don't do that. Like it's you you date one person. Yeah, and, and it's like automatically assume that like once you like each other, you so you like the person before, and then you start going on dates and dating, and it's just kind of like known from the beginning that it's just the two of y'all. Yeah, and it's not, and so for me, I was always like, wait, what? Like, we're you're not dating other people? Like, I'm this like a date is a what means way more to them than it does to us because for us, a date is like getting to know someone and knowing that they're probably going about four or five other dates at the same time. Right. Yeah, and especially in, like, Mormon culture, from from my experience, anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because also at BYU, you had those directories. So each apartment had, like, so say you had, like, six people in an apartment, which was my first apartment, was, like, six of us in one. You all had your picture and your phone number and your email address taken, and then it was put in what was called a directory, and every person in the ward got a directory, so you could just look up people's photo, like their photos, and be like, "Oh, I want to take out this one chick from apartment two hundred four, and call her." See, to me, that is so icky. Did that ever feel icky to you when you were at BYU? Oh, yeah, it's like they called it the ward menu. That's what I was. Well. I was just gonna say, it's like you're picking off of a menu. That's horrible. Ew. And it's it's all. I mean, this is like pre Tinder days. This is like you swiping through a directory, not an app. Like you got some paper in front of you. You got you feel that rustling in your fingers, not that screen. <laughs> you know. Oh my god. So, and it was strictly like physical, you know. So you would be dolled up, and I remember, God damn, I would spend like an hour, hour and a half every Sunday getting dolled up because I was like, today's the day that someone's gonna ask me out. Like, yeah, because Sundays not- where at BYU, that's where you meet like people to date, right? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course, it's in your ward, like, and they encourage that too. You're not supposed to do ward hopping because you're supposed to date within your your ward. And get married and have babies. Yep. Exactly. <sighs> and then like and you do everything in your ward. So it's like 
your apartment complex is your ward and you do Sunday activities and you have Monday, which is family home evening together. Then you have Thursday or Wednesday for Institute. And then you have some, some type of event every weekend. And then you have on Sunday evenings, uh, munch and mingle, <laughs> which now makes me giggle because it sounds so sexually perverted in my mind, like munch and mingle. I love like. that. That's hilarious. yep and then you would uh also always dating like group dates i can't listen that's a whole other episode we can have because i can't tell you how many group dates i went on oh yeah and i had to pay for also listeners you know what i'm a very progressive person and i know i shouldn't expect the man to pay for a meal like you know we're in different times i will pay for my shit i am more than happy to pay for it but, bitch, if you ask me out, you paying for my meal. Like, that's the deal. If I, I ask know, you out, yeah, at least you're paying offer, for me. Right? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, if I ask out a guy, and I have asked out men before, because I have obviously no shame, and I will ask him out, but I will pay. Like, if I ask him out, I'm like, you know what, I got this, I'll pay, whatever. But if you ask me out, I'm assuming you're going to pay. But let me tell you, I would say more often than none, I ended up paying not only for my own meal, but for theirs. Or my own milkshake, but their milkshake, too. What? Yeah. Oh. What a bunch of winners, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is getting my blood boiling right now. Like, I'm remembering all the stuff I've buried deep, deep, deep down. I wish we had so much more time because we're we're already at 45 minutes. It's so crazy. That went by so fast. Um, but yeah, definitely let's, let's do a few more episodes on this. Cause I feel like you just scratched the surface of I, stuff. Literally <laughs> listeners. That was just from the age of, I think I, I met that first guy at 16 to 22. And that was just me covering two to three. I mean, and I left the church at 28. So I got some stories. There's some stories in there, friends. And Katie for sure has some stories. So between the two of us, I mean, if y'all are interested, we won't pursue it. Slash I still will because I find myself fascinating. (laughs) But (laughs) I I think it's an interesting topic because I'm always intrigued to hear these types of stories. So I think it'd be good if we have multiple episodes on this. And also, again, we want to emphasize, like, if y'all have stories, send them over because Sometimes, like, or, you know, Katie does these mini episodes, which I think is great, that she records and she, you know, tells your stories that you're not able to do or maybe you don't want to share under your name, but, like, you just want to get your story out there. Like, story. I just did that German. Story. Story. Um, Yeah, send them over and we will read and enjoy them. And if you want, we can, and by we, I mean Katie can record a mini episode on (laughs) On your stories. Yeah, all about the misadventures of Mormon dating. (laughs) Oh my god, also I just thought about this. We should, so, yeah, we'll talk about this another time, but I would, I want a t-shirt that says docking, something about (laughs) docking. (laughs) I just think it's like my favorite thing in the world because it's the dumbest thing and it makes no sense dumb every time i try to imagine it i'm like i think even people that say that they do that are kind of lying because how could you just do that and just lie there like like how do you not thrust like i just imagine this is the scene i have in my head 
a man on top of me with just like his dick inside me and we just having small chat like he's not thrusting i'm not i'm just like hey man how's the weather uh, yeah. how's your day at work yeah uh, pretty boring uh, boss is a real bitch <laughs> tell me about it because yeah. at what what point like wouldn't the animal instinct take over and the humping would begin like right or like at what point are you like oh we've been talking for five minutes uh i think the holy ghost goes to bed after six so we should probably <laughs> pull out right okay now. i yeah. have did i tell you about the term earthquaking no okay tell me. okay you're gonna love this oh my gosh it's <laughs> Okay, so it's essentially so like you're you're docking, okay? But uh-huh. for this scenario, it normally happens in a dorm room, like a dorm room at BYU or BYU Idaho, and the couple that's docking are on the top bunk of like on a bunk bed, and they're underneath the covers and whatever, and then the roommate comes in. And gets on the bottom bunk, so they're not, they can't see them or whatever. And they start kicking the top bunk with their feet so that they start moving around and like getting friction. So it's causing them to like kind of, (laughs) it's causing them to rub together, but they're technically not doing it. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so stupid. Isn't that the weirdest thing? so hilarious and also let's be real if i if i was the girl docking i would pay my roommate to come in and shake the bed i'd be like listen i'll give you a good 20 if you just come in and just like kick this for about 10 minutes yeah i want to feel something and he won't move so could you just shake the bed a bit like what what a good friend to come in there and know that that's what's happening oh listen katie i would do that for you any day of the week oh, i would fucking you. do some pilates up on that bed i would oh yeah zumba i would help you out oh yeah we could get our workout in and (laughs) not sin against the lord it's (laughs) (laughs) i was cracking up when i heard that i knew you'd appreciate that one oh my god earthquaking i think i might love it more than docking oh oh so many good terms Listeners, is there anyone out there who makes t-shirts? Because I have so many in my head that I want to do. And one would be hashtag docking or hashtag earthquake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, let us know if you guys are graphic or, yeah, t-shirt designers. Oh, man, that's so good. Oh, this brings my heart so much joy. (laughs) All right, I suppose we should wrap up so we don't go too long. But we'll continue this in another episode. Yes, we will. Um, I'm excited, and I'm glad that we're back on schedule. We're feeling pumped. We're feeling excited. Yep, I yep. just had burp, so we're back on routine, I do tell you that. Um, and, yeah, we'll have something for next week. Oh! Do you hear the organ? <laughs> yeah, I'm all like, oh, well, it's, that's my cue to shut the fuck it's up. It's closing so, uh, time. Uh, it's yeah. it's closing prayer. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yes, listeners, remember to follow us on social media. And if you haven't yet, go rate us and subscribe to us on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yeah, and for those who did it, it was so lovely. I was showing it off to friends today. Yes, thank you, thank you. You're amazing. Thanks. All right, talk to you later. Uh, Bye-bye.